Uh, we're looking to the word of the Lord this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I want to read verses 6, 7, and 8 in your hearing. This, of course, is a letter from Paul to Timothy, the second letter, and uh, Paul is writing these very special words, verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. And I want to concentrate my thoughts this morning that I believe are from the heart of God. On that first line from the seventh verse, I have fought a good fight. And I want to speak to you on this subject, the good fight. The good fight. Could we lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of the word of the Lord this morning. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us. All year long, you have been good to us. You have kept us. Lord, in trying times, you have watched over people in this congregation. Lord, when they didn't know exactly what to do or what to expect next, you were with them. You were with them, and I thank you. You kept us by your mighty hand. You watched over us with your gracious love, and we worship you today, standing in testimony of the goodness of God. And we thank you for all of your blessings, and we give you all of the praise, and we ask for your anointing upon the preaching of the word this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. President Dwight Eisenhower was the 34th president of the United States. He was sandwiched right between Harry Truman and John F. Kennedy. He was wildly popular in America. He coined one of the most uh, well-known campaign catchphrases. It had a little brevity to it and a little uh, alliteration to it, and it just simply said, I like Ike. And... It captured the heart and soul of America, and they went to the polls in droves to elect him the president of the United States. He really was not an ideologue, per se. Uh, he was a pragmatist, but he was, he was very principled in his way of living. And, uh, and he, was, he was very popular and loved and well-known in America because uh, he had just defeated as General and commander in the United States Armed Forces, he defeated the terrible tyrant Adolf Hitler. And, uh, and he, was, he was a man who was full of charisma, of good grace and kindness to people. And yet uh, he was known as a man, uh, he was known as a warrior who hated war. And uh, I thought that was such a, a unique way of putting it, a warrior who hated war. Uh, but as a young man, as a child, uh, they, they wrote of his life and talked about the fact that he was raised by a very stern and strict disciplinarian as a father. Uh, his father was, was uh, a, a very, a, a very uh, principled man and expected a lot of his children. And uh, he had Dwight in the middle of several uh, boys and, and Dwight had older brothers who were a little older than him and thus got to have some privileges before he did. 
one particular day, his father allowed the older sons to go out for an evening with friends, uh, but Dwight didn't get to join in. Dwight felt old enough to join in, but he was young enough that his father didn't see it to be wise to allow it, so he did not, and it enraged young Dwight Eisenhower in Abilene, Kansas. So much so that he went to the backyard of his home and he took out all of that rage on a tree, he took it all out on a tree that was, that was uh, in the backyard. And he pounded that tree with his fist until the bark was flying off of the tree and his fists were bloodied. He was enraged and just a, just a young boy. Uh, but his father didn't like that expression of rage and he disciplined him and he sent him to his room. Still seething, Dwight sat there angered at his father, disagreeing with his decision and uh, in walked his mother. And his mother said to him, talk to me about it, what's going on? And he began to let it all out. All of that rage just poured out in his expressions to his mother and she let him talk and vent until he was finished and then she said I want to share something with you and I want it to get into your spirit I want it to get into your heart and it was this verse of scripture Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32 he, she said he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. This was a guiding principle that Dwight learned that day, and he said it was a scripture that stayed with him for the rest of his life. It humbled him. He immediately grasped the wisdom and made it a part of how he would live his life from that day forward. Fast forward into the throes and thrust of his life, and he was matched up, in fact, with a man who was skilled at taking cities by force. One of the iconic but surreal photos of history is a, fist, a, 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 a photo of Adolf Hitler with his, with his entourage standing on a Parisian balcony overlooking the beautiful city of Paris, and there stands the Eiffel Tower, and here is this man, this this tyrant, this dictator, this, this uh, evil man who was very adept at taking cities. And he had taken, unthinkably, he had taken the city of Paris, France. And he was marching through Europe with reckless abandon and with a, with an, there was nobody to stop him uh, until he met a man who was slow to anger and who knew how to rule his own spirit. And, and when Dwight Eisenhower was matched up with Adolf Hitler, it seemed daunting. It seemed like there was a clear advantage to one side because there was ruthlessness on the part of Hitler. There was cruelty on the part of Hitler. But this scripture and all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it will come to pass if you let the principles play out. If you will let patience have her perfect work, that you can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, you will find that the word of God is true. It is established in the heavens forever. And it will be a lamp unto your feet. It will be a light unto your path. And Dwight Eisenhower applied these principles to the way he did everything, to the way he employed 
tactical strategies to the way he handled his own generals, some of which were powerful men, but but not easy to work with or deal with, one being General George Patton, who was a wrecking ball, but they needed a good wrecking ball. And, and, but sometimes that wasn't the easiest personality to deal with in certain areas. But he chose his battles wisely, General Eisenhower did. He chose his battles wisely because he wasn't interested in proving points with his fellow generals. He was interested in winning the good fight which was to overcome and overpower the evil threat of Adolf Hitler. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in his epistle, this second epistle, and it is his farewell epistle, and he is, he is distributing information to Timothy on a, on a very uh, fast clip, and he's giving him insights as to what he can expect in the last days, what he can expect from people, how people will act in the last days. All of it is so very... Uh, uh, foretelling even of the day in which we live. But Paul writes to Timothy, and as he comes to his farewell address, he says this. He said, the time of my departure, it is at hand, and I am ready to be offered. And he lists three things that he can point to that, are, that have proven to be uh, critically important in his life. And he explains what they are. He said, I have fought a good fight. He said, I have kept the faith and I have finished my course. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not to me only, but to all that love his appearing. But I want to take these in reverse order and help us understand the role that the good fight has in all of these very important testimonies that Paul was able to share with Timothy. First of all, I want to tell you that he finished his course. You have a course you are running. And your course may be different than the course that is compared to someone sitting next to you. Maybe you have advantages they don't have. Maybe they have advantages you don't have. Maybe the perspective is different for you. The perspective of every person in this room, even if you came from the same household, is just a little bit different than the perspective the person next to you has. But you must run your course. Hebrews chapter 12 teaches us to run this race with patience. The race that is set before us, run with patience, laying aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I don't know what lie in your course, but I do know you have to finish that course. I don't know what kind of a disadvantage you may feel you have or that you might actually have, what kind of abuses you've experienced, what kind of dysfunction you were raised around. Maybe you had a tremendous amount of blessing to grow up with, and, and, and we ought to be thankful for those things. Maybe that blessing, like a rose, came with thorns, and it had some sorrow mingled in with it. But you have a course that you are running. Don't let anything prevent you from finishing that course. I'm glad we made it to December 31st, 2023 and didn't give up in June of 2023 or January of 2023. I'm glad we finished this course. You've got a course to finish. You've got a race to run. You might be tired right now, but run this race with patience. 
You may be weary in this moment, but finish this course. Don't let anything stop you. Quit is a four-letter word, and it's the word you use when you curse yourself. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't back down. Don't throw in the towel. Finish this course. He that hath begun a good work in you is able to complete that good work. How many know that God is able to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ? Don't let sickness stop you. Don't let disease stop you. Don't let betrayal stop you. Don't let rejection stop you. Don't let hurt feelings stop you. Don't let offenses stop you. Lay aside every weight. Don't let temptations stop you. Don't let abuses from the past prevent you. Step forward into a brand new day and understand that this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. The Apostle Paul said of his particular race, he said it this way. He said, I, I, I want you to understand that I, I know how some things go, and I, I've been through a few things. And he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, I want you to understand what he's saying there. He, he acknowledged, yeah, we've been cast down, but we are not in despair. Don't just talk about what you've been through. Make sure you add the truth that God kept you through it all. We have been persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We've been cast down, but don't get it twisted. We are not destroyed. I've got breath in my body. I've got blood flowing through my veins. I've got a reason to praise his name. I will finish this course. I didn't start to stop. I'm finishing this course. Ah, no, no. He said, he said, we always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. He is saying always, my body is always demonstrating the dying of the Lord Jesus. There will always be wounds and bruises and chastisement and affliction and being stricken and smitten and it's bearing about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. But there's a reason that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in us. When you feel like all of hell is coming against you, I want to tell you why you feel that way. Because all of hell is coming against you. But let me remind you of what the Lord Jesus said. He said, upon this rock... Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Yeah. You can check on any given day and you will find some measure of the dying of the Lord Jesus in your life. 
There's going to be some affliction. There's going to be some rejection. There's going to be some wounds and some offense. And there might be more of it on other days than there are on these. But it's for a reason that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So that others can look upon us and say, say, I, I, man, they're going through it. But look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Ah, they've got reason. My God, they might, I don't know how they keep on going, but they keep on keeping on. That's what the disciples said when they looked at the body of Jesus. They said, we saw him get nailed to the cross. We saw the crown of thorns on his head. But look at him standing upright in splendid glory. The dying of the Lord Jesus occurs always in our body that the life of Jesus might be manifest. And the Apostle Paul said that's just the way that it goes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 4, this is, this is what he said. He said in verse 4, in all things we approve ourselves as the ministers of God. In much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. Am I describing 2023 for some people? It feels like, you're like, man, that looks like my calendar this past year. My goodness. Hallelujah. He said, by honor, dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live. Hallelujah, as chastised and not killed. Glory to God, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. God, give us that perspective, oh God. Ah, give us that perspective. I got nothing, but I possess all things in Christ. I've got nothing, but I possess all things in Christ. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. I know how to be full, and I know how to be hungry. I know how to go through it and get through it. I, I'm not just going through it. I'm getting through it. Contentment is going to take me all the way through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Listen to what his course involved. This is the course that he finished. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant. And stripes above measure. And prisons more frequent. And deaths oft. Oft? Oft? Once is enough, right? He said, in deaths oft of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice suffered I shipwreck, a night, a day have I been in the deep. You're like, man, that sounds like July and August 2023 for me. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers. This is his course that he finished. 
in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He said, I, listen, this is the course that the Apostle Paul finished. He said, I finished it, Timothy. I'm done with my course. We look at the Apostle Paul, and God forbid we ever think he had it easy. But he can tell you this, I finished that course. It was an obstacle course, but I got through it. I finished my course. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what else he did. He kept the faith. Ah, hear what I'm preaching to you this morning. He didn't just have faith, he kept the faith. He didn't just receive faith, he kept the faith. Ah, we need to encourage somebody today. It's not enough just to receive faith. You've got to keep the faith. Hold on and don't ever let go. You hold on to it with everything you have inside of you. You can have some things, but you can't have my faith. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Come what may, I'm going to keep the faith. Regardless of who rejects me, regardless of what I lose in this life, I will keep the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for those who are watching from afar. You're doing it because you know the importance of keeping the faith. I didn't come this far to turn back now. I've come this far by faith in Jesus Christ. It was faith that got me up in the morning. It was faith that started me on my way. It was faith that gave me the ability to say, I might be going through some things, but God is good and God is great. And it is well with my soul. I've come to tell the saints of God, it doesn't have to always be going good in your life for you to have faith in God. When it's not going good, faith turns into trust. It turns into trust. You're saying it's trust is when you say, God, I have, I have absolutely no evidence for what I'm feeling and believing in you right now, but, but I am trusting you because there are some things you don't know, and the things you don't know can be intimidating, but you can rest upon the things that you do know. We do know that God is good. We do know that God is a healer. We do know that God is love. We do know that God has all power. We do know that God has a perfect plan. We do know the thoughts he thinks towards us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give us an expected end. I do know some things. And because I know some things, I'm going to put my trust in him. I've kept the faith. The Apostle Paul said, I have finished my course. He said, I have kept the faith. And I'm going to tell you right now how he finished his course and how he kept the faith. He did it by fighting the good fight. It's the good fight that helps you finish your course. It's the good fight that helps you keep the faith. 
It was on the road to Damascus that the Apostle Paul, who was Saul at that time, that he fell because of this great light that was shining above the brightness of the sun. He was on his way to Damascus because the, the Christians had scattered out of Jerusalem. He was killing and persecuting the church in Jerusalem. When they scattered, it's not like he was just trying to get them out of Jerusalem. He was going to kill them all. He chased them down into Damascus. He was on his way to Damascus because he wasn't going to let them just get away. He was going to kill them. And he was on his way to Damascus. The cruelty was thick in his spirit. And when he was on his way to Damascus, there was a great light shining above the brightness of the sun that blinded him, knocked him off of his, off of his beast of burden. He lay in the road. And this whole conversion experience that he describes where he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And then Jesus said this to the apostle Paul. At that time, Saul, this is what he said. He said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And, and this, is, this is old English translation. This is, a, this is an old way of saying it, but this is what God was trying to tell him. Saul, you are fighting a losing battle. You're fighting me. I want you to think about that for a little while. You're fighting me, and it's like you're kicking against the pricks. What that meant was you might as well, if you want a practical analogy, Saul, you might as well go in your bare feet and stomp on spikes to make them level to the ground. And that's about how effective you're going to be in fighting this battle. Kicking against the pricks is stomping on spikes. Two things. One, it won't work. And two, you're only going to hurt yourself. And I want somebody to know when you try to fight fights that aren't the good fight, number one, it won't work. And secondly, you're only going to hurt yourself. Don't fight any fight except the good fight. Don't get caught up in meaningless battles trying to fight what God is doing. I've seen people try to fight what God is doing. I remember a lady whose children were coming to our church and she was so upset about it, she forbade them to come to the church. She said, I will not allow them to come to that church. They're starting to believe that apostolic Pentecostal doctrine because they were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And she said, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely putting a stop to them attending that church. And she fought them so vigorously and forbade them from coming to church. Years later, when they fell into drug addiction, she called the church and said, I'm so saddened. Is there anything anybody can do? Because the best time of their life was when they were coming to the house of God and worshiping with the people of God in your church. But she was kicking against the pricks. She was stomping on spikes. She was, she was fighting a battle that was only hurting her and hurting her family instead of realizing this is what the Lord is doing. And if the Lord is doing it, it's going to be all right. This was a lesson that Paul learned in his conversion that day. That I'm not going to stomp on spikes or kick against pricks. I'm going to let the Lord do what the Lord is going to do. And if you can learn that now, you're going to have a life that is full of joy and peace and goodness and grace. 
don't fight what the Lord is doing. If the Lord is doing it, the best thing for you to do is just say, God, I give you all the glory. I trust in everything that you're doing. I'm in line with what the Holy Ghost is doing, and I'm going to see the glory of God be manifest. The Apostle Paul taught us to fight the good fight. This is how you finish your course. This is how you keep the faith. You fight the good fight. But in order to help us understand the good fight, he told us what not to fight. This is what he said. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In order to fight the good fight, you've got to know what not to fight. Because there are going to be plenty of fights to come your way. There are going to be plenty of aggressors that enter your life. And you're going to have to choose your battles wisely. And you have to determine, is this a fight I'm going to engage in? It's not that the fight shouldn't be fought. It's that you've got to let the Lord fight some battles. Not every fight is your fight. Your fight is the good fight. Every other fight is God's fight. I'm going to say that again. Your fight is the good fight. Every other battle is the Lord's fight. I'm not going to fight every battle. In fact, I'm not going to fight any battle except the good fight. The only fight I'm fighting is the good fight. It's the good fight that's going to take me where I need to go. It's the good fight that's going to help me keep the faith. It's the good fight that's going to help me finish my course. Hallelujah. I've come to get up under somebody's arms today and encourage you in the name of the Lord to, to put your shoulder to the plow. Don't look back. Fight the good fight of faith. Paul understood we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. This is what he said in Ephesians chapter 6, and he had to understand that. If he didn't understand that, he would get caught up fighting meaningless battles there were times where there were even challenges even in the church there was the bible says there was sharp contention between paul and barnabas sharp contention but the apostle paul and barnabas refused to let that sharp contention become a battle extraordinaire and they said you know what we're going to let this instead turn into evangelizing the world with the gospel of jesus christ we can't let battles Battles that go on in here cannot become real battles. These have to be overcome through the good fight. Hallelujah. These have to be overcome through our ability to rule our own spirit. General Eisenhower and General Patton's battles were not between each other. Their battle was with Adolf Hitler. We need General Patton. We need General Eisenhower. We need General MacArthur. We need all of those warriors and soldiers who hate war but will engage in the good fight. We need people who will be able to say, the real battle is being able to rule my own spirit. Then I'll have victory over every enemy that comes against me. My battle is not with you. My battle is not with you. Your battle is not with me. Your battle is not with one another. There should be nobody in this building who has a battle against another person in this building. We need to understand we are here on the same team and we're fighting the same enemy and we're fighting the good fight, the good fight of faith, and we're keeping the faith and we're finishing this course. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad to be at peace with your brother and sister in Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you we ought to shout about that. 
We ought to shout about that. At the Tree of Life Church, we have unity. We are blessed with unity among the people of God, and we ought to praise God for that every day we live. You ought to get up in the morning and thank God for a new day and thank God for your brothers and sisters. Thank God, hallelujah, that he blesses our church with his presence. Thank God you've got people you can call on and ask them for prayer. Thank God you've got people you can find encouragement from. We are blessed. We are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and when we go. We know who the enemy is and it's not one another. He said, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual wickedness in high places, against the rulers of darkness of this world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is what he said in verse 24. He said, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run, that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. In all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run. Not in uncertainty. So fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. This is him boxing an imaginary enemy. I'm not fighting by beating the air, fighting some kind of a straw man, some kind of an elusive figure, a fighter that's not even fighting back. No, he said, I only fight the good fight. When you get involved in every little battle that comes your way, you're going to be as one who beateth the air. You're going to become as one who is wrestling against flesh and blood. But when you do, in verse 27, what he said to do, you're fighting the good fight. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Let me tell you what the good fight is. Here's the good fight. The good fight is overcoming your flesh. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. The battle that you're really trying to win is the battle over your flesh. You say, well, what about the devil? God's already taken care of the devil. You don't have to worry about no devil. Let me remind you, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You know that, the, that Michael the archangel did not even bring a railing accusation against the devil. When the devil came at him disputing over the body of Moses, Michael didn't even engage in that battle. It was a distraction to try to get Michael into a hand to hand combat with the devil. And instead of Michael engaging in a battle with the devil, Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. I don't have to deal with the devil. I just got to deal with Joel. I don't even got to deal with you. I just got to deal with Joel. If I deal with Joel, everything else will begin to come into order. Here's what the Bible says. This is what the Lord told you to do. He said, here's the, here's the prescription for victory. Hold your peace and let me fight your battles. You hold your peace. That's all you've got to do. 
I've come to declare to somebody who's going through hell right now, somebody who's going through the fire right now, somebody who's going through disease and distress right now, lift your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord. And say, Lord, help me be what you want me to be. Keep my body under subjection. I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping the peace. I'm holding my peace, and the Lord's going to fight my battle. And the Lord's going to come in like a mighty rushing wind, and he's going to fight every enemy that rises up against you. Hallelujah. Listen, he'll either destroy your enemies or turn them into your friends. you got to be ready for both. If you try to destroy them, you're going to be kicking against the pricks. You're only going to hurt yourself, and it's not going to get the job done. But if you let the Lord fight your battle, hallelujah, he'll either destroy the enemies or he'll turn them into your friends. You'll have people who love you who used to curse you because you kept you in check. It's going to bring them where God wants them to be. Let the Lord fight the battle. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody in 2023 who's been fighting the good fight, or maybe you've been fighting every other fight that's come along your way, but 2024 is going to be different. I'm not fighting any battle but the good fight. I'm sorry you can't offend me. You can't get me to react. You can't get me to be discouraged. You can't get me to lower my head and walk away and cower from what God has called me to do. Why? Because I'm only going to fight the good fight. I'm going to come back to God in prayer. I'm going to consecrate myself in January. I'm going to get myself ready for what God has called me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Are you ready for fear to be cast down? Are you ready for depression to be cast down? Are you ready for anxiety to be cast down? Are you ready for bitterness and resentment and brokenness to be cast down? Come on, somebody. I'm putting it under my feet. I'm putting it under my feet. It has no hold on me. Somebody stand with me right now. Put your hands together. Lift your voice and give God praise. Come on, put your hands together. Lift your voice and give God praise. Hallelujah. I'm done preaching. Kind of. You can go ahead and remain standing. I'm, 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 that, I'm that done. I'm that done preaching. Somebody's got to make up in your mind. I'm not going to let the devil get me like he did in 2023. Because I'm going to keep me in check. Listen, the Bible says the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. You've got to fight the battle against your flesh. Hallelujah. Make not provision for the flesh. Don't put yourself around people that aren't going to contribute to your walk with God. No, no, not in 2024. I'm sorry. You can love them, but you don't need to be entertaining their company. 
You can love them from a distance, but if they're dragging you down and they're not contributing to your walk with God, you don't need to have anything to do with them because all it's doing is creating a battlefield where you cannot be victorious. But if you'll fight the good fight, and I'm going to tell you, that's going to mean crucifying the flesh. We don't cajole the flesh. We don't cope with the flesh. We don't manage the flesh. We don't try to, we don't try to somehow deal with it and get by. No, no, we crucified that thing. I'm going to tell you, you need to be peaceful to everybody else. But when it comes to your flesh, you need to mortify the deeds of your body. When it comes to your flesh, you need to crucify that thing. No envy in my spirit. No lust of my flesh are going to be tolerated. Not in 2024. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life and the love of money, all of it's got to be cast down. Hallelujah. Because I'm going be, to win this thing. I'm going to win this thing. My family's going to win this thing. Hallelujah. My, this congregation, we're going to win this thing. In Jesus' name, we're making it. There's a crown of righteousness awaiting us. I'm going to make it to that city in the name of the Lord. I'm not losing, Brother Jordan. I'm not losing. I'm not a loser. I am victorious. We are more than conquerors. I said we are more than conquerors. said we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us. I'm going to tell you what we need to do in 2024. And we need to start in 2023. We need to give him all of our praise and all of our worship. We need to clap our hands. We need to lift our voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When was the last time you got drunk in the Holy Ghost? When was the last time you spoke in tongues and spoke in tongues and spoke in tongues? Come on, your flesh needs to be crucified. I said your flesh needs to be crucified. When was the last time you took off dancing before the music started? And I know, I know, I know, I know it's not all about what happens in here, but what happens in here is a launching pad for what happens out there. You try to get out there and have the victory, but nothing was going on in here. We need this place to be filled with the praises of God's people, to be filled with the prayers of the saints, to be filled with worship and faith. I listen, I just got to go back to it now because I got to thinking we're singing it, but are we doing it? All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Listen, you're not doing it. You're not turning all of your fear into praise. When all week long it was, <laughs> and then here it's, You're not turning all of nothing into nothing. But if you really did, hey, if you really did make up in your mind, no, I'm not speaking fear, I'm speaking faith. I wonder if 
you felt discouraged, you just decided, no, 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 no. I'm going to lift up my voice in praise. I'm going to lift up my voice in praise. I'm going to lift up my voice in Brother Colbert, we just came through a full year. January 22nd will be a full year of being in this building. This is the first New Year's Eve we've had in this building. I'm going to tell you what. We made this floor for dancing. I'm not dancing because everything's going just the way I want it to go. I'm dancing because I'm fighting the good fight. And when I fight the good fight, God is going to give us the victory. The Holy Ghost is moving on you right now. The Holy Ghost is moving on you. You feel it. You feel it. I don't know what you feel, how it's manifest, but you feel it. I want you to do what you feel right now. Break free. Break through. Break through. Break through. Break through. you to let the praises flow flow in your hands flow in your feet flow out of your mouth flow in your spirit come on somebody let it flow 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 just want to be very specific I want everybody that everything went well and right and just exactly the way you wanted it to in 2023 you don't got to do nothing but I want those who've been through some stuff and I want some folks that didn't know if you'd make it to today and I want some folks that didn't know if you'd be sane by December 31st 2023 I want those people your mouth step out into the aisle and say I'm gonna fight on I'm gonna soldier on God has been good to me God has kept do it do it do it do it step out of your seat and give it Watch this. 
want you to turn and tell your neighbor right now. I want you to turn and tell your neighbor right now. Say, I'm getting ready to prophesy. Go ahead and tell them. I'm getting ready to prophesy. All across this building, we're going to prophesy. Every one of us are going to prophesy. That's what this song is. It's a prophecy. I will turn all my fear into praise. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. I want you to speak it out as a word of prophecy. When we sing this, we're not just singing a song somebody else wrote. We're singing a song of prophetic utterance. We're telling one another and we're telling God what's about to happen and what's going to happen from this point forward. Are you ready? Are you ready to prophesy? We're going to prophesy again in song. Come on, we're going to sing the prophecy.
joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a new joy coming. I said, there's a new joy coming. Ah, your best days are ahead of you. I said, there is a new joy coming. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. If you believe it, give him praise. Yes, Lord. Come on, that's it, that's it. Break free. 